Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. I want to thank you for tuning in today. And as we start to get to the end of the year, I love having guests on that can serve as inspiration, that can help us think about whether it be our clinical practice or our business practices differently and get us kind of moving forward, setting goals for 2020. So today's guest is just that person. So Ryan Estes is our guest today. He was a keynote speaker at the private practice section meeting uh, back in October. And after I heard his keynote speech, I was inspired to take action. And we'll talk about that in the podcast. So I reached out to him to see if he would like to be on the podcast. And luckily he said yes. So Ryan has more than 20 years of experience as a top sales professional leader, as a former chief strategy officer for the McCann World Group Advertising Agency, he brings a fresh perspective to business events. As a keynote speaker, Ryan is known for his innovative ideas on leading change, improving sales effectiveness, and preparing for the future of work. He was recently recognized as one of the best keynote speakers ever heard by Meetings and Conventions magazine, alongside Tony Robbins, Bill Gates, Colin Powell, and Mike Ditka. Ryan delivers keynote speeches, courses, and online learning with an emphasis on actionable content designed to elevate business performance. His curriculum emphasizes emerging trends influencing leadership effectiveness, sales performance, and customer experience. He helps participants prepare to thrive in today's ultra-competitive, hyper-connected business environment. Ryan supports the world's leading brands, including AT&T, Motorola, MasterCard, Adobe, MassMutual, the National Basketball Association, the Mayo Clinic, Honeywell, Thomson Reuters, Ernst & Young, Lowe's, and Prudential. Ryan and his team publish original research featuring client case studies to expand the live event experience. He is also the author of a popular blog on business performance. His writing has been featured in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Smart Brief, Business News Network, Cranes Business, and Yahoo Business. In today's episode, we discuss three actionable tips to constantly reinvent your business, how to stay relevant and achieve excellence with changing customer expectations, four key practices you should adopt to thrive and avoid stagnation, and why you need to reframe problems in order to produce lifetime customers. So I want to thank Ryan so much for a great episode today. And if you have a business, even if you work within a business, so I'm talking about most everyone, this episode applies to you. Just some great tips on how to stay relevant, how to keep uh, being innovative and productive, and how to keep your customers happy. So enjoy. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Karen. It's great to be here. 
Yes, and so like I mentioned in the introduction, Ryan was one of the keynote speakers this year at the private practice section annual meeting in Orlando, Florida. And I really loved the keynote, which is why I reached out to you. I took action now, like you suggested, and we'll get into that. It's part of my TAN plan. We'll get into that a little later. Um, reached out to you via social media. And so here we are. But I have to say, I, I really enjoyed the keynote. And Thank it, you. yeah, and it took a really like emotional, interesting turn in the middle. And I feel like in speaking with other participants, that was unexpected and welcomed and really got people to sort of grab onto your words and take it to the end. So well done uh, from a speech uh, well, blueprint standpoint. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, and I think in experiences like that, a little mo emotional resonance is a good thing because I, I think that helps helps the tan plan which i know we're going to talk about get a lot of attention so that's that's always that's always the goal yeah it was great so thanks so much for that but now let's well, let's let the listeners who weren't at pps get a little bit more information from you a little taste of that keynote and one of the things that you know we were kind of talking about before we went on the air is at the private practice section there are a lot of small business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of my audience are, yes, maybe work in healthcare, but are also entrepreneurs. And we right. were talking about kind of customer expectations and how those expectations has changed over maybe the past couple of years. You probably have better research than I do on this, but can you talk a little bit about customer expectations and how they are kind of changing the small business or entrepreneurial landscape? All right. Well, customer expectations are skyrocketing. They're changing fast because the world around us is changing so fast. I mean, I'm actually sitting at home right now. And, you know, I, when we get off this podcast, I can turn to my left and say, Alexa, paper towels. And in an hour, paper towels are at my front door. And that experience and experiences like those are elevating my expectations of everything. So as a consumer, I have a whole new set of standards with respect to customization, personalization, efficiency, expertise, sense of urgency, and how I spend my time. And for the small business owners and entrepreneurs that are astute, aware of that, and evolving their customer experience to meet customers where they are, the future looks pretty bright. And let's say, okay, we'll take me as an example. So I'm a small business owner and I really like the way my business is running. I'm successful, I've been in business for 10 years. If, right. if it ain't broke, why fix it? So what, what kind of advice yeah, would you I'd, give I'd, to me? I'd, I, I'd have some real thoughts about that. I would yes. say if it ain't broke, it's, I, if it ain't broke, it's the perfect time to break it because success breeds complacency and complacency is the ultimate recipe for disruption. And the reality is for so many small businesses and small business owners, they don't change until there's a crisis uh, or, or, or they're experiencing some significant pain. And so often at that threshold, it's too late. 
and you're you're on the verge of losing market share, getting commoditized, having your margin squeeze. And I, I know this from personal experience. If you remember from the keynote, my opening story was about exiting the advertising agency I worked for. Mm-hmm. And the reality of that situation is we had we had just deep pockets of resistance to change. You know, we wanted to kind of continue to do what we always done, follow the playbook. And when the world around you changes and the marketplace changes, that's just such a recipe for disruption. And so having lived through that, I vowed personally, I'm never going to experience that pain again. So the mindset of a small business owner today has to be continuous reinvention. Change is no longer an event. It's simply a way of existing if you want to remain relevant and thrive into the future. And can you give some examples of maybe what you do with your own business to constantly reinvent? Because I feel like we can say you need to constantly reinvent and I feel listeners out there going, okay, great. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll get, I'll get real, real specific. So a couple of my, a couple of my, because here's the reality. If things are going pretty well, and like the scenario you outlined, I've had my business for 10 years, it's going well, and I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing. I don't see a, a real need or, I, or have an appetite for change. And when things are going well, that's true because change is uncomfortable. But I, I force myself to get uncomfortable because that's where I'm evolving, stretching, growing. So a few, a few things that I do. Three things, three, three very specific, actionable tips. I am always in my business conducting what I refer to as three little experiments. I could be experimenting with my marketing, a partnership, new software. And and the goal of the experiment isn't necessarily to have wild success. The goal of the experiment is to, to learn and iterate forward. So I'm trying new things that I think could help our business And a part of that is it puts me in a position where I'm expanding my knowledge, acquiring new skills, getting education and feedback, and then advancing the business forward. So I always say success is iterative, but you want to get out of your comfort zone and into the learning lane. So we we have three very specific experiments that we're running in our business right now, and they're tests, and we're getting feedback and evolving as a result. So that's that's one thing that I do. A second thing that I just really encourage or, or recommend is that in, in addition to working in your business, like you do, like probably a lot of your listeners do and I do as a, as a practitioner and a small business owner, you, you have to make time to work on yourself and on your business. So for me, uh, we just came out of a two and a half day meeting that I refer to as our 2020 Growth Summit. This is literally shutting down emails, shutting down the phones, two and a half days with my team and some of our partners. There were eight of us attending in a room for two days with a very buttoned up agenda talking about the future of our organization. And, you know, that we're, we're, we're tearing apart the business and challenging ourselves um, to think about growth into the future. What are our priorities, budget, assessment, looking back, looking forward, recommendations, competitive intelligence, I mean, all of it. So, you know, that, that type of time 
kind of out of the business to work on it, I think is imperative to having kind of a good solid plan and, and direction ahead. So that's the, that's a second recommendation is make, you know, take time out to strategically work on your business. Then the third recommendation I have, and this is something um, I may have talked about in the keynote, but I'm a, I'm a big fan for small business owners of having what I refer to as a, um, a, a personal board of directors. And I, I have eight people that I've invited formally to sit on my board of directors. And I, I invited people that I, I had a relationship with, that I had, I had a lot of trust and respect for their opinion or what they were doing, say, in their specific area of expertise. And it's the, the invitations were fairly informal, but what, it ha what it's done is it's given me access to these eight people who have, who have competency and skills perhaps to shore up some of my gaps. And I'm able at inflection points or when facing a critical decision or, or a juncture or I'm considering making an investment, I have a group of people that um, you know, I can reach out to and schedule time with to, uh, to use as a sounding board. And I think, I think entrepreneurship at times can be very isolating. And, you know, you feel you can get to a point where you feel like you're making decisions in a vacuum and having an advisory board has been such an invaluable part of my growth, particularly over the course of the last couple of years. So I, those are three very kind of tactical things that I think everybody listening could think about as it relates to their own business. And, and all of those three uh, examples are things that are pretty doable for everyone. You know, it's not yeah, like there are things that are so outrageous. Like when you say three little experiments, you mean small, not like I'm going to restructure my entire business, but you know, you constantly no. throughout the year are doing this. Do you say I'm going to do three little experiments a year or is it like every quarter or six months or is, am I getting too many? Yeah. No, 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 that, no, these are good questions. I would say I'm, I'm always running three experiments simultaneously so let, let's say we're we're working on a marketing project it's a bit of an outlier an experiment something we wanted to try it's sponsorship around some of our content branded content and I'm, I'm not sure where this is going to go or if it's realistic and so we're, we're testing this we're you know I, I've reserved a little bit of budget a little bit of investment a little bit of capital we're going to go down this path and then evaluate it but through this process, we'll learn things. We'll uncover things. We'll get customer feedback. We're we're working with you know our, our marketing partner, and so it's 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 though they're small tests that you know if if there's a, if there's traction and the evaluation is yeah this is beneficial and we could build it then then it you know that we may expand an experiment. So but that that's the idea. They're small because and I'm I'm a big believer in that. Success is um. Success is iterative. You know, you want to be doing little things. Um, there's, a, there's a thought about that. It's like the minimum viable effort. Um, there, there's BJ Fogg, who's a, he, he wrote, a, wrote a book about tiny habits and small changes. And his idea is that to, to create, he's a, he's a professor uh, at Stanford. And his idea is that to create a new habit, you need to simplify the behavior and then make the change so tiny, so little, so ridiculous that it's just something that's easy to do. So no, you don't, you don't want to, you, and you want to take calculated risks, you know, not something that's going to jeopardize your core business. So that's when I think of three little experiments, 
And, and then the, you build on those things based on your expanded knowledge, experience, perspective, exposure. You, you know, you, you can start to iterate your business forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like in my world, in the physical therapy world, for me, I can think of changes that I made over the last year. Um, and, and we were joking before we went on air, like I went into these changes with like white knuckles. Like I did not want to let yeah. go mm -hmm. of the things that I was doing because like you said, it's very uncomfortable. They work. So, but, yeah. but it works. So it, for me in, in the healthcare world, something that was, it was just simply switching my electronic medical records from one company to another. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable. But now that I've been doing it for, I don't know, eight months or so or nine months, I think to myself, what was I, this is so much better. What was I thinking before? Things are better. My patients are getting reminders that they have appointments. The platform's easier. I can do it on my phone. I don't need a computer. So, you know, that's an example of something small. In, at least in the healthcare world that that you can do and uh, like you said i was getting feedback from my patients and they were like i love yeah. this new system this is great i love getting these reminders i love that i can pay through the system so well it I, and it's it works and i but i also think it illustrates a very very relevant point to our conversation that you know, it's the psychology of change, right? So our, our brains are wired for safety and survival, not innovation and change. Our, 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 the mechanism in our psychology is trying to keep us safe and alerting us when danger is near. And, and that's, and, and trying to keep us away from these unknown elements. And that was pretty useful in times where there were reptiles running around trying to eat us. But in the modern day society, when you're running a small business, you have to condition yourself to navigate those feelings. So the, the discomfort, the uncertainty, the trepidation, the anxiousness that you felt upon making this change, those are, that's a sign that you're in the learning lane, that you're expanding, you're growing. You need to kind of learn to welcome a little bit of that tension because that discomfort means you're on the cusp of a breakthrough and you broke through in an area of your business that elevated the client experience that's better for you, that's better for your team and you just had to navigate that tension inside yourself. And you know what? It's like a muscle because the next time then you invest in new software or take an intelligent risk or conduct an experiment, you'll recognize that tension as a sign that, yep, I'm in that, I'm in the learning, I call it the learning lane, out of your comfort zone and into the learning lane. And that's where growth happens. And it's, it's not easy, <laughs> but no. it's not easy and it's a little scary, but you know, I guess I, when you have, I, I love the third point you made kind of having a personal board of directors. And I guess I do have this without even kind of, categorizing it as such but i'm not I, surprised yeah. yeah but i do um I, I do kind of run things by people and and it's interesting even when you run things by this group of let's say you have eight people to shore up your yep. ideas with what do you do when they come back to you with feedback that doesn't align with what your thoughts are 
Yeah. So ultimately I would say I'm the decision driver, but if I'm, if I'm out of my comfort zone or I'm entering unchartered territory, then it's useful to gain some outside perspective. And so that's, so I'm, I'm taking their advice under advisement and helping it shape my decision. So if I, if I get feedback or advice or counsel, that's counter to what I anticipated and my own opinion, then that means I'm probably going to have to do a better, more thorough job of convincing myself that I was right in the first place and, and then taking that step forward. The, the other thing about the advisory board I would just also recommend is I, I hand selected these people for their particular skill or competency. So I have, uh, I have a technology entrepreneur that's an expert at scaling a business. I have a, a, a good friend who owns a research business that's complementary to mine, and he built and scaled that business and sold it. And so he has a lot of expertise that's related to my business. We partner together, but I value the way he ran his business and the organization he built. Um, I have my business manager who's known me for 20 years and is a good friend and I also have my life coach and spiritual advisor. So, and I, and my point in kind of sharing some of that context is, you know, I, I, I reach out to the people that I think would have relevant context based on the decision I'm navigating. So it's a, if it's a financial decision, I'll probably reach out to my good friend who's worked in finance on wall street for 20 years and say, you know, I think I'm thinking about borrowing money to do this and what's your perspective and how does this look good? And these are the terms. And so I, I have kind of carefully vetted these people based on their experience, exposure and the competency and thinking they could bring to support mine, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And did you do any sort of like self-evaluation to see really where your gaps are, whether conscious or unconscious gaps? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've done, I've done, you know, I've gone through coaching programs mm -hmm. and done some, done some assessment work. And then I, I also just recognize, you know, after having been in this business for a decade now, what, what some of the things that I'm really good at, some of the things that, you know, I'm not strong in. And so I, I just, I think at this kind of point on the journey, I have some expo I have some exposure to that, and some of it's based on my previous experience too. You know, I'm not I'm not a finance expert. I've never mm -hmm. scaled a business and sold one, and you know, I'm I, I'm not a technology expert. I've never launched an app. So these are things I'm like, oh, these are things that you know, as I move forward and navigate these waters, you know it'd be good to have people that occasionally can jump in the boat and row with me. And that elevate that elevates my confidence too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure it gives you more confidence in your decisions. And, you know, I'm thinking Absolutely. of those like, new brand new entrepreneurs who feel like completely overwhelmed with absolutely everything. What advice would you give to them to, uh, kind of really hone in on what their zone of genius is or greatness is, if you will, and then what maybe they need to fill in the gaps. Yeah, you know, a new, first of all, new entrepreneurship is overwhelming. Totally. Uh, it, it's just, a, yeah, it's just, an, it's a, for the, so just be, the, the best advice I have is be patient with yourself and be honest with yourself. And you know, because everyone talks about entrepreneurship and freelancing and the gig economy and, you know, we, 
when I, I guess when I quit my job, people thought I was crazy and I don't know, we weren't, entrepreneurship is so celebrated in our culture today and it's really happened in the last 10 years, you know, we've got magazines like Fast Company and we're putting, you know, these YouTube millionaires on the cover of Inc. and I don't know, it's just, so there's, I think there's all this pressure to succeed and scale and get, and just, I would say, just remember, focus on the next most important Thing. build what you'd want and make and and you know achieve some semblance of success before you move on to the next thing focus is so critical for an, an early stage entrepreneur it's so easy to get distracted and trying to do 17 try and do 17 things at once well and then you want to be networking so you're meeting with people in a coffee shop that did it before you and you're just mm -hmm. just slow down focus get the next thing right be patient, success builds. So that just kind of that kind of perspective, I think is, uh, is so important. Awesome, thank you for that advice. That was great. I'm trying to take notes as quickly as I can here, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this again. Um, yeah. Now, you know, before you said you were kind of built to survive, you know, our nervous systems are built Correct. as human beings for us to survive. But something that you had mentioned in the keynote was, yeah, it's great to survive, but we also need to adapt and thrive. And you had sort of four yes. keys to this breakthrough for per performance or four keys to really help us adapt and thrive. So um, can you yeah. kind of go through those for the listeners? I, I, I can. So the, the first one is very related to kind of where we started, which is mm -hmm. about change. And the first one is initiate continuous reinvention. So you want to be an agent of change. You want to look at change and challenge through the lens of opportunity. Um, and you want to be invested in this idea of success is iterative and we constantly be conducting experiments. And really, I'm going to, I'm going to disrupt myself before the marketplace or competition does it for me. So stay in the learning lane, push yourself, get uncomfortable. That's the first one. The second one is is really about customer experience the idea of brand the customer experience i i we're entering we're in the experience economy we touched based on how fast customer expectations are changing the actionable recommendation around that is audit your own customer experience look at every customer touch point you have online offline and look for opportunities to elevate it and add more value and make the experience better for your customers meet customers where they are. The, the third one was, it, it's related, but it's, it's really about kind of the, in, you know, the internal operation of your business, which was be a culture champion. I think culture, culture is a catalyst for, you know, employee engagement, discretionary effort and contribution. And culture is merely a reflection around how you lead. So think about purpose, vision, values. Why are you doing what it is you're doing? And what are the people who join you on this journey going to get out of it? And employee experience and customer experience will always be directly uh, correlated. And then the last one was um, take action now. You talked about a tan plan tan is that that's the acronym. Take action now. And it's that that you know great leaders, entrepreneurs, small business owners, they have a healthy action orientation. So they don't get paralyzed. They're able to make make decisions. The idea that you take in new information 
and then you immediately take action on those ideas, right? So just, just like this, you're listening to podcasts, you invest 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you're reading a new book. It, it's then taking a pause after you've taken that information in and say, okay, what can I decide and commit to doing and doing differently that's going to create some momentum or advance my cause? And that's, you know, really successful people. They have, they're, they're hungry for information, but then they back it up with action orientation. And those are the, those are the four tips. Uh, great tips. And I want to uh, go back briefly to where you have branding the, the customer experience, customer the patient experience. experience in the healthcare world. Um, oftentimes yeah. people use the, the B word, I call the B word branding, um, to, in, to be all encompassing, right? Yeah. Like you just have to, oh, you just have to work on your branding or be, get, be a better brand. Yeah. But yeah, that's not, that's not really it. So it's, I, it's sort of this you know, flippant I, term, you know? Yeah, I, I have an ad agency background, so I probably throw that word out too much. I, I, I like how you call it the B word. That's actually good for me. But it, let, let me clarify. So I guess a more specific way to describe what I mean by brand, it's, it's establishing an identity, standards of excellence, right? a way you go to market, tell your story, engage customers, deliver service, follow up and follow through that differentiates you from the competition and that delivers value or resonates in a compelling way with customers, right? It's, it's how, it's how you do things. And if that, you know, look, every, every touch point with a customer is an opportunity to add value and advance a relationship. And it's just imperative in the experience economy that we're carefully thinking about that and looking for ways to elevate. Yeah, and I love the example that you use. Where were you at a Ritz Carlton or something? Oh, yeah. Is that where the, you were? Yeah. Yeah, so so if you want to like briefly tell that story because I think, you know, when people yeah. hear Ritz Carlton, I mean, I know the first thing I think of is expensive. Um very elevated sense of yeah. customer service. And it's the same thing with like um, a St. Regis. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, this is what I want to do real quick. I'm going to tell a story about my stay at a St. Regis, and then we can contrast to your stay at a Ritz-Carlton, which I would say are yeah. on par, right? So I was yeah, at, um, yeah, they're on par. I was at a St. Regis. I went out. It was like in a very warm part of the country. And uh, in the middle of the summer, came back, the air conditioner in the room not only broke, but flooded the room. And like you oh, walked God. in and it was steamy and it smelled and it was like the carpet was all like squishy with water. So we called down and said, hey, you know, our air conditioner broke, there's water everywhere. And you know, this was like one in the morning. I realized it's like the C team on, but still. So they right. came, a guy knocks on the door with a mop and a, bucket and I was like oh no buddy you're gonna need more than that like this is not good so we have to call back down say um yeah no like we can't actually stay in the room it's really bad so someone came up knocked on the door handed me a key and said you're in room 347 and walked away I was like boy that wasn't very St. Regis of them was it no no 
And then the next morning I went to the front desk and I was like, well, maybe because everybody was like real tired. And like, I was with my boyfriend at the time. We didn't, we just wanted yeah. acknowledgement and maybe like right. have breakfast on us, have a drink at the bar. I went back down. I said, um, yeah, my room flooded last night and they just came up and handed us a key. And now we're in this room. The girl's like, yep, got it. And that wow. was my experience. So I wrote a letter and what, the St. Regis did is probably more along the lines of your, ex your experience at the Ritz-Carlton. I wrote a letter. I didn't make a big deal while I was there. Wrote a letter, said yeah. what happened. The general manager came back and he said, thank you so much for not ranting and raving and making a big deal of things. Any weekend you want, no blackouts, it's on me. So we took I mean, a that, weekend. They gave yeah, us that's a sweet. Redo. They gave us yeah, a whole redo. And now I'm like, I would stay at a Ritz. -Car I would stay at a St. Regis again in a heartbeat. They were and they, fantastic. There, and there it is. That is that's the ultimate lesson for any entrepreneurs. The last sentence you just said. Because here, here's the key, and it's and it's similar to my Ritz Carlton experience and their philosophy is that, and it. It, it problems are our best opportunities in business to deepen a relationship and that so it's a real reframing of the problem opportunity and customer relationship it's so interesting the the best customer service stories always start out with a problem my room got flooded i lost my i lost my ray-bans in the bay and was you know frustrated and then some hero steps in and resolves the problem beyond our wildest expectations. And it deepens our affinity, loyalty, and evangelism for that particular brand. And so it's just, it's important to remember, it's never the problem. It's the way it gets resolved that people remember and that ultimately shapes how they feel about doing business with you. And it, at Ritz-Carlton, they even teach like, they even teach, oh, it's, it's almost celebrated. Oh, we have a guest that has a problem. Here's our moment to shine, to be magic, to create that wonderful, memorable feeling. And, you know, so often I think in, in business and in small businesses, you know, we get aggravated. Oh, customer's upset. Oh, there's a complaint. And just next time that happens, pause and say, how can we turn this problem into an experience that creates a customer for life and you'll reframe it. And it, you know, it's just interesting when, when problems come up for me now, I'm like, my God, there it is. Now we've got a real a magic moment has arrived. And yeah, exactly. How are we going to, how are we going to respond? Exactly. And, and, you know, for, for the listeners who weren't at PPS and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like paddle boarding in the Bay, you lost your sunglasses and like, some guy that worked at the Ritz Carlton went snorkeling down and got them for you and returned them to you. And you were like, what in the hell? Yeah. And keep in mind, I never said, Hey, I mean, I, I, I lost it. It was my fault. I lost yeah. the glasses and he just overheard me talking about it. I never, you know, I never went and said, Hey, this happened to me, you know, so it was just totally my thing. And the fact that they picked up on that, and went and did what they did. And I, I was just, I, you know, I, I, I was dumbfounded. And the more I researched and unpacked it and learned and actually spent some time with one of the executives at Ritz-Carlton that runs their leadership academy, you learn how baked into the, their culture that is, right? So it's, 
It's their values. It's their service standards. I mean, one of the great things at Ritz-Carlton is that, you know, they have these very simple standards for how they greet and interact with guests. And part of what's great about that is that it, it creates consistency across all Ritz-Carlton properties, right? So there's a, there's a way they greet and interact with guests, and they train on that. And that's what I mean by brand. It's a standard of excellence that's repeatable, that differentiates them, that resonates with the customer. So it's just a, a great takeaway from that is do, do you have standards? You know, you say customer service excellence. That may that maybe means something very different to me than it does to you. And that's my point is you, you don't leave customer experience up, up to the subjective interpretation of each individual. You standardize it, create protocol around it, process discipline around it. So you can deliver a world-class experience every single time. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah, so really get specific. Get, get specific. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, so before we wrap things up here, I just have a couple more questions. But first one is, is there anything we miss, any key takeaways that you want the listeners to get? You know, I think, too, uh, just, you know, and um, this isn't new, but I, I think really spending some time as a small business owner um, looking out, being forward thinking, you know, spending a little time. This is a great time of year to do it. We're coming up on the end of the year. And I know it's, a, it's an exercise I'm going through. I'm asking myself, you know, why am I doing this, first of all? And then what do I really want this to be? Not a few months from now, but even five or 10 years from now. Some of that forward thinking and visioning and purpose, purpose solidification it helps reconnect me to why I got into this in the first place, why it still matters to me. And, and the solidification and the articulation of that can really be beneficial to a culture and, and connecting your people to it and being able with clarity to say, this is where we're going. This is what we're building and this is why we're doing it. This is the impact that it's having. And I, I think for your listeners and your industry, some of that work could be can be so so useful and so so meaningful. So I, I would think that's another. You know, Simon Sinek did the great TED talk. He wrote the book. It starts with why, and mm -hmm. I, I think that's true. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And then the last You're question. Welcome. I probably should have prefaced this question, but I forgot. Uh -oh. <laughs> so here we go. Um, it's a question that I kind of ask everyone at the end of the interview, and that's knowing where you are now in your business and in your life. What advice would you give to yourself straight out of college? Yeah, I would, I would say, I would say relax, have fun and enjoy the ride because it goes by pretty quick. And, you know, and, and if it's, it's, if it's not something that is going to matter five years from now, then don't give it more than five minutes of your time and attention. I think, I think for a lot of, you know, achievement oriented entrepreneurial type A people, which I am one of, we can tend to get, you know, perfectionist and stress about the details and kind of, you know, that creates low grade anxiety and overwhelm when things go wrong. And it's just, I, as, as I've gotten a little older and wiser, I think just relax and letting some of that stuff go and really making sure that, you know, yeah, hard work is great and building something that you, you care about and are proud of matters, but just really make sure that you're enjoying the moments and the journey on your, on, uh, you know, while you're, while you're moving through it. I think that's just so critical too, too often. 
I think we, we project outward and delay our happiness mm-hmm. until, you know, I, 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 I call it the, the if, if, when happiness travel, if my business gets to this point, you know, then, then I'll take a vacation or one, once I get here, then I'll finally be happy. I think that's a real, a real miss. And so I, I let some time go by. I think at certain phases of early phases, of my career, my life, where I would have been a, a little more relaxed about things. And that's important. Yeah, I know I'm guilty of everything you just said, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and now yeah. we're totally guilty, 100% guilty of everything that you just said. And I'm trying to work through that myself. So that's wonderful advice. Yeah. Now, where can people Good. find you if they want more information and they want to connect with you, they want to yeah. hear you speak, all that fun stuff? So I, I would say that the website's a great place, ryanestes.com. Uh, uh, we do a, a weekly newsletter called Prepare for Impact. Uh, it comes out every Sunday, and it's just kind of a couple actionable tips to help you get ready to be the best version of who you are in the week ahead. And, uh, and then social media, LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on Instagram. We have a company Facebook page, a pretty, pretty active YouTube channel, so all the social properties. Uh, yeah, but I'd love to connect with many of your listeners. This was a lot of fun. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, do you have anything coming up? Any you know, I know. Uh, yeah, no. I, 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 I do. So, um, you know, we're working on a book. Yes. Um, and I think we're at the point now. We're at the point now where I, I think it's actually going to be a pretty good book. And uh, and it's it's about it's about sales, service, and leadership. I think it'd be re- very relevant to the, you know, the small business owners and practitioners listening. And I that'll be out sometime uh, next year. So for anybody anybody listening that's interested, you know, if they subscribe to the the you know newsletter yeah. and stuff, we'll we'll be sure and do promotion on it. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.